Welcome to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of Point of Impact. It's great to have you join us. And again, if you're liking these podcasts, definitely share them with your friends. And whether you do that on social media or in person or however you do it, subscribe certainly so that you can get the newest episode just dropped into your uh, phone or whatever device you're using anytime you want. And definitely give us a review, hopefully five stars, and say, hey, this is great. Maybe write something, tell people what you like about it, how it can help them so we can reach more and more people and encourage and inspire more and more people. I mean, that's what this podcast is for, inspiration and motivation. We've been talking about success for a number of episodes, and we finished the five Ps, my five Ps of success, but we're not quite done yet. Because I want to talk about something really fascinating today, which is uh, what happens when you get to the top. That's what we've been talking about, how to get to the top. What happens when you get there? How do you stay on top? It's one thing to be successful. It's another thing to stay successful. And I think this is really fascinating because I'm going to tell you what, no one ever told me anything about the challenge of staying successful. Everything I was told was about how to become successful. And we spent many episodes talking about how to be successful, how to get to the top, how to reach your dream, how to be where you want to be in life. But what happens when you get there? How do you stay there? How do you continue to be successful? Because it is not easy. It is really amazing what will happen when you get to the top. Let me just share with you a couple of things that have happened in my life. About 26 years ago, I came to Central Virginia and I started a new kind of church, a contemporary style church. It did not exist. Up to that point, there were churches, but they were all traditional churches. And I came to start something completely different. And what I mean by contemporary is that the music was contemporary, like a band instead of a choir and a pipe organ. It was a more casual style. People didn't have to dress up to come to church. My messages were much more relevant and applicable to what was happening in people's lives. And there were many other aspects that were a part of it. It was the first such church. Well, It didn't stay that way for very long. Within, gosh, maybe two years, maybe a year and a half, another church had started. Now listen, they say that imitation is the highest form of flattery, and it is. It's That's true. But here's the other part of that. It's still imitation, and it still then becomes a competition or a competitor in some way because people are are trying to do what you have done. Well, that church has started was by no means the last. In fact, it, it really it really intensified. And every time you turned around in every school and many shopping centers, new churches were popping up all the time. And that has continued. It's never stopped. It literally has continued to this day. Every time you turn around, there's something new that's happening. Almost all of these churches are an imitation, a copy of the style of church that I founded almost 26 years ago. So guess what? You're not alone. 
people want to do what you do. They want to experience the success that you have. They see what you've been able to do and they say, hey, I can do it too. And, and it's not like anyone's picking on me because it, it happens in, in just about everything you can think of. When these meal prep services first started out, it was amazing how one started and then before you knew it, there was another one and another one and another one. As soon as someone sees there's a good idea, people try to copy it. Several years back, I started writing for Fox News. At that time, uh, I was really one of the only guys that was writing in sort of the inspirational, motivational slash Christian perspective. But it didn't take long before other people were like, hey, I want to get in on that action too. And other people have, again, tried to imitate, to copy the success. I mean, it is an incredible reach. Just to give you an example, my biggest reach article of all time, which happened last year, 1.7 million people. Let that just sink in. 1.7 million. I mean, that is a massive, massive number. That shows you the kind of reach that you can have when you get on a major, major site. So people will try to imitate. They will try to do what you're doing and thus they will compete with you and challenge your success because now there are more people trying to do the same thing that you're doing. So getting to be a success is hard, but bad news in some ways, but not bad news because you can overcome it because you're listening to this episode today, is people are going to come after your success and try to imitate it and copy it. Now, on top of that, there's more. Because success can actually test you even more than failure. If you're not careful, success can actually mess you up. Ben Franklin said, success has ruined many a man. It's kind of a wild statement. What Franklin was saying was, listen, you, you, you got to be careful about success. You know, it may be something that you strive for and you work for and it's so hard. But then when you get it, you you're surprised to some degree about, you know, what what it can cause you to do and kind of reveal your motives. Like what were your real motives in wanting to be successful? And again, we'll talk all about this today in this episode for sure. So success it's more than maybe you think. Now, ultimately, a guy like me, and maybe this is obvious if the name of this podcast is Point of Impact, if the name of my speaking ministry is High Impact Living, you might get the idea that I'm into the idea of, of making an impact and having positive impact. I think that's what success really boils down to, making a positive impact. And here's something I want you to understand, because it's really important. It's impact over outcome. Impact over outcome. Because impact you can control, outcome you can't. So it's really important when you're measuring your success, you're measuring it in terms of the impact you're having, not the outcome. The, the numbers may not always reflect it. The kind of analytics that so many use to determine success may have more to do with outcome than impact, but ultimately it's impact that's most important. Now, obviously, if you're having impact, there is going to be outcome. 
but there may be a time delay between the impact and the outcome, or the impact may be such that it's not so easy to measure. It's not so easy to be able to identify. We'd like to quantify everything, but you know what's happening inside a person is not always easy to measure, and yet the result of that can be amazing to see given time. A relationship can be healing and being restored, and there may not be a lot of outward evidence of that, but there's impact that's being done. So super important, I think, to make your goal impact over outcome and control what you can control and what you can't control. You just got to leave in God's hands. So what are some of my major insights about staying on top about successfully being successful and staying successful. Here's one. Don't allow success to reorder your life. Just because you have some success doesn't mean your life is fundamentally changed. People do this, man. I'm telling you, they do it. And it's really a mistake because they begin to think in different ways Many times people will make some some big changes in their life because they think now I can. So they'll get a new or bigger house or a new or more fancy car. Um, They may even get new friends, maybe even a new spouse. And they think, hey, I can do this now because I'm successful. And I would just caution you against that kind of thinking. There are many people who have helped you in order for you to be successful. There are many people that contribute to your success. And it would be a mistake to start making major changes. People who've done this, what happens is that they they, uh, have short-lived success. And if you could trace it all back, it's because of the changes that they made. And now all of a sudden, they can't even do the things that they work so hard to do. Those things are gone. And so people have to sell their house and car and this new marriage isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be because it was, it was founded and based on the wrong things. These new friends are fair weather friends. And the moment that you're no longer successful and they can't have your contacts or can't share in your wealth or whatever it is, they're gone. And the true friends, the true friends that you had, where are they now? Because you dumped them, you got rid of them. So be careful about reordering your life. Just remember, God's blessing and favor is what allowed you to get where you got to. Don't have the, the, the fatal flaw of thinking that, hey, I did this. Certainly you had a part in your success in terms of doing the things that you can do, but we do things we can do and then God does things only he can do. And that's absolutely the fact. Let me just tell you a couple stories about some people that, you know, got successful and then really kind of messed it up. And it's kind of shocking. There's a guy named Alfred Taubman. And, uh, you know, you may or may not know the name. He was a mall developer. He was a fixture on the Forbes list of the 400 richest Americans. And so one day he decides to acquire Sotheby's, the art auction house. And he takes them public in 1988. 
So things are going great. You know, he's making even more money, super successful financially. And then what happened? He conspired with the other major auction house, Christie's. So there's Sotheby's and Christie's, and they're really the two big ones for art sales. This is, of course, very expensive art. And he conspired with them to fix the commissions on art sales. By the time the scheme came to light, Sotheby's clients had been built out. Now listen, built out of an estimated $40 million, 40 million bucks. Now, of course, the question is, the guy's already on the list of the 400 richest Americans. What is he doing? Why did he do this? And let me just add an, a, another piece of information for you. The guy's 80 years old. He's super wealthy and he's 80 years old. What does he need to get involved in this kind of silliness? And so guess what? The guy ends up going to prison. Yeah, going to prison because of his crimes when he already had tons of money. Don't allow success to reorder your life. Don't allow it to make you think, what, like you're above being caught? That you think about yourself like you're untouchable? No one is untouchable. Be careful about that kind of thinking. And, you know, how about another, another, um, another guy? By the way, just to finish out the Tobin story, <laughs> he was worth $1 billion. $1 billion with a B dollars. I mean, this is not a guy that needs to be fixing art commissions so he can get even richer. Another guy named William McGuire was the CEO and chairman of United Health. United Health is a giant health insurance company. He became uh, you know, well compensated for transforming the company and, and, and just really making it into a very, very successful company. But he had to quit in disgrace under the suspicion of having backdated stock options. Again, how much money do you need? How much success do you need that you're then gonna backdate stock options so you can make even more money? It's these kinds of foolish things that people do when they get successful. They somehow think I'm successful now and there are different rules, but there aren't different rules. The rules are the rules. The laws are the laws, and you break them at your own at your own peril. Don't allow success to reorder your life. Don't assume past success means future success. Wow. Yes. Listen, it's one thing to start a fire, it's another to keep it burning. They're not the same. They are not the same. You ever had that experience? I was with my wife one time and we were at this uh, hotel and uh, I was like, you know, we're gonna have this romantic evening. There was a fireplace in the room. So, you know, I started up the fire with some newspapers and, you know, there was wood there and everything, you know, it was all provided for. I'm like, hey, get ready, dear. I'm gonna make this a romantic evening. Well, you know, as the fire started great. I mean, it, it the, the flames, you know, went really high as they were burning through the newspaper. It was super, but, you know, you turn around like 15 minutes later and the fire's like out. What happened? What happened? I just thought, you know, it started and it would just 
burn and it would keep burning, but it doesn't work that way. You got to you got to feed it. You got to feed the fire. It's one thing to start. It's another thing to keep it burning. Success produces expectations and stress. Yes, it does. There is a reason that there is the phrase golden handcuffs. Like golden handcuffs, it seems a bit like an oxymoron, but it's not. Because all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we want more. We want more growth. We want more sales. We want more. More outcome, more numbers. So success, to stay on top, not easy to do. Just because you've had some success doesn't mean that everything you do will be successful. And you can't be fooled into thinking, well, I made it to the top and I'll be staying here forever. People, again, are going to try to take you off the top. And on top of that, if you start allowing success to reorder your life and your thinking, you can end up making mistakes. And before you know it, things are not at all like you thought they would be. You can have one of your kids just, you know, really turn out right, however you measure that, you know, just super great. And then the next one can be a real challenge. You know, you can think, I got this parenting thing down, man. I have four kids. I'll just, I'll just have four, four champions, man, four winners. Boom, boom, boom. It, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's different. And you can be in one season and things really go well for you. And then the seasons change and things are different and you have to adjust to it. You have to realize that you just can't put this thing on autopilot and be like, it's easy. Cruise control. Oh, no problem. We'll just cruise on right down the highway of success. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Irving Berlin said the toughest thing about success is that you got to keep being a success. The expectations rise. So there's more tr pressure. It's harder to do. And then if you feel that pressure, you might start cutting corners or you might start not practicing the very principles that we've been talking about since this podcast began. You can't deviate from them. Got to keep finishing well each day, each week, each month, each year. Got to keep working hard. Got to keep doing the things that brought you success. You can't stop. Success is an unending journey. Yes, there are certainly stops along the way. Definitely times to enjoy and celebrate and appreciate. And, and I would just say about that, that's something I've learned and I, I would just share it with anyone who will listen. One of my mentors came to me and said, Ricky, he said, listen, you just got to learn to just, you know, like celebrate the wins more. Because it's like, you know, you have this thing happen and it's great and then you're moving on to the next thing and you've got to pause and celebrate. And I just think that there's a lot of truth in that. That we have to pause and celebrate and just appreciate what we've accomplished and what the impact that we've been able to have before you move on to the next challenge, to the next goal, to the next opportunity, whatever it is, whatever we're talking about. It's really important to, you know, pause and smell the roses, as they say, you know, to just really kind of enjoy it and just appreciate, you know, what happens when you're successful and, and, and just how good it feels. 
just have to be really careful about, you know, just believing that because you've been successful, you can always be successful. And when you pause, you know, it helps you to appreciate it. And then you can, you know, get back in the game. Let me tell you another story. So there's these two guys, Robert Marin and Myron Scholes. They were the managers of the long-term capital management hedge fund. And these guys won the Nobel Prize in economics in 1997 for describing how financial derivatives, derivatives could be useful in terms of uh, global investors offsetting risk. All right? Nobel Prize by describing how financial derivatives could be used by global investors to offset risk. Highest honor you can receive. Check this out. One year later, one year later, they were awarded the Booby Prize for driving their hedge fund into bankruptcy through, wait for it, excessive use of financial derivatives. The very thing they won the Nobel Prize in economics for by overusing it, by not having a balanced approach, they went from Nobel Prize winners to bankruptcy. Now, these guys are really smart. If it can happen to smart people, it can happen to anybody. So be careful about assuming that your past success guarantees your future success. It does not. And then I would say definitely don't measure success without the God factor. You have to recognize the role that God plays in your success. I thought this was interesting. This just came out recently that the Pew Research Center, you know, one of the preeminent research organizations in the world, this is what they reported. About half of Americans say that they believe God determines what happens to them all or most of the time. About half of all Americans believe God determines what happens to them all or most of the time. And by the way, if you add in some of the time, it goes all the way up to two-thirds. It goes from a half to two-thirds. But however it is that you want to look at it, the bottom line in all this that I think is so interesting is that a lot of Americans realize that, yeah, you know, God has a lot to do with it. He has a lot to do with it. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 that if you share your plans with the Lord, you will have success. That you have to make sure that you don't think it's you that's making all this happen. That you keep doing the essential disciplines that have brought you success. That you don't in any way, shape, or form kind of... Uh, buy into the lie that, man, I'm good, and man, this is all about me. I made this happen. That kind of arrogance and pride is the kind of thing that goes before a fall, the Bible says. It would be better to stay more humble and recognize the factor of God in your success. Let me tell you a, a Ronald Reagan story. I, I like to tell Ronald Reagan stories. He's got some really good ones. You know, the guy was pretty old when he was president, so he'd been around for a long time. So he has kind of these old stories, but they're still kind of funny. So here's one he used to tell about two guys that were out hiking in the woods. And all of a sudden they saw a grizzly bear coming over the hill toward them. Let me just pause here for a second. My dad used to tell me all these stories about grizzly bears. He's a big hunter when I was growing up. And you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then I went to Alaska a couple years ago. And in the airport, there was a, 
an actual grizzly bear, like a stuffed grizzly bear. I mean, you, you cannot believe how massively huge this animal was. I mean, it, when it stands up on its hind legs, it is gigantic. And I was looking at the paw. The paw of a grizzly bear is like way bigger than the biggest human hand you could, you know, talk about Kawhi Leonard has these giant hands. He's got nothing compared to a grizzly bear. I mean, they have massive, massive paws and they have incredible strength. They're so strong that if they take a swipe at you and they hit your head, they're going to decapitate you. They're not going to knock you down. They are going to literally rip your head right off your body. That's how powerful they are. So they see this grizzly bear. And so one of the guys immediately... Uh, reaches into his pack and he pulls out a couple pairs of sneakers and he starts taking off his hiking boots and putting on his sneakers. So the other guy is looking at him and he says, you don't really think you can outrun that grizzly, do you? And the guy turns to him and says, I don't have to outrun the grizzly. I just have to outrun you. There it is, right? You know, this kind of idea that, you know, it, it's not me against the, the, the standard. It's just me against other people. This kind of performance comparison that we can fall into. And what happens is that success helps us to remember the vertical component, the God factor, that it isn't just about comparing yourself to other people. It's understanding that it's not horizontal, it's vertical. In fact, if you want to really have a fair amount of unhappiness in your life and not really enjoy your success, get fall into the comparison trap. Instead of doing vertical, looking up to God and the God factor, fall for the comparison trap and leave out the, the God factor. And you can't enjoy your success. And there's, it's never been a greater temptation to fall into the comparison trap than right now because of social media. Now, you realize, of course, the social media is, for many people, a highlight reel. It's the best things that are possibly happening in their lives. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing, you're not seeing all the bad stuff. You're not seeing the mundane stuff. You're only seeing the good stuff. So if you fall into the comparison trap and you're just looking at what other people are doing, comparing yourself to them, and you know, you're just going to take all your, your uh, happiness and your success away from you. Don't do that. Don't fall into that trap. Just be the best you can be and keep your focus vertical and not horizontal and you'll, you'll, you'll be a lot happier person and you'll enjoy your success a lot more. Now you just do your part and then God will positively do his part. Because listen, without God's favor, you can't have success. The Bible calls it the hand of the Lord, the favor of God, blessings, whatever you want, you know, everyone will refer to it, but I'm going to tell you what, the best phrase I think is the favor of God. I mean, when God just, sometimes God just chooses you. He just chooses you and he just opens a door for you. I mean, just things happen and you just look and you go, wow, this is incredible. And working and working and working and pounding and pounding and grinding and grinding. Can't seem to break through. And then boom, it opens up. And it's just straight the favor of God. There's no way you can take credit for it because you didn't do it. You couldn't do it. You tried to do it. It didn't happen. And then God just comes in and blesses you. And when that happens, you know, you just have to remember my success. I did my part. Yes. But without God doing what he does, it's just not going to happen. 
So that's it. Those are some things to, to consider about success once you've reached some level of success. How do you stay on top? You know, how do you do it? And you look around and you'll see. You, you can see it in sports. You can see it in business. You can see it in just about anything in life, how hard it is to stay on top. It's harder than to get on top. Now, you may be listening to me and go, uh, Rick, I really just want to reach some success. So that's why I've been listening to your podcast. And uh, I'll worry about this when it happens. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. But for those of you that maybe are starting to experience it or you're closer to it, it's just a good reminder. Maybe some of you are like, you know, this is really helping me because this is what, what I, I've been so surprised by. I, I finally reached this level that I wanted to reach. And I'm like, wow, this is really hard to stay here. I thought it would be so hard to get here. It's harder to actually stay here. And it is. So you've got to make sure you, you know, you don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Make sure you practice some of these principles or avoid some of these as the case may be. So you can make sure and continue to experience success in your life and continue to move forward in, uh, in the plan that God has for you. So I'm glad I could share this with you today, give you some perspective on success. And we're going to do one more episode before we switch to another theme or topic. I just want to share with you what some well-known people have to say about success and just listen to some of their little, little pieces of wisdom. And we'll do that in the next episode. See you then. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.